Welcome back to Money with Mac and G, and thanks for being here. I hope everyone had a wonderful 4th of July holiday on the lake, in your backyard, at the pool, or just chilling at your house. The weather was pretty fantastic, and the tan continues to get deeper, darker, and more savage. Well, whatever that means. It always feels like the 4th is simply a celebration of summer. But when you're old like me, you start to think deeper, or so I think, about stuff. Freedom, what does that mean? I can tell you from all my travels, I have taken our freedom for granted. I remember being in Korea and seeing the DMZ, or demilitarized zone, between North and South Korea. That's the line in place after the Korean War. There's no military allowed between the two countries there. If you've ever read stories about North Korea, there aren't a lot of freedoms going on there. That's thanks to Kim Jong-un, who is our North Korean politician, and he has been the supreme leader of North Korea since 2011. But I digress. It's no secret I spent a lot of time in France where I went to school in Brittany and worked in Paris and Tours. And I also fell in love with some of the stinkiest and most delicious cheeses, Chevre Bleu, on the planet. The French, with all their flaws, just like us Americans, have a much longer history than we do. But did you know their Independence Day actually occurred 13 years and 10 days after ours? The actual day was July 14th, 1789. In French, July is Juillet, and the 14th is Quatorze. So you say Quatorze Juillet. It always sounded like a cat rowing a boat with oars. Cat oars. Quatorze. It's also referred to as Bastille Day. We'll get to that in just a minute. Okay, so who cares about the French? They have wine, they have cheese, lots of vacation, they love to go on strikes, and may not always be viewed in a positive light all the time. But the 4th of July, yes, our 4th of July, would have never been possible without the French. That's right, those beret-wearing, stinky-cheese-eating, amazing-art-making French were our friends. I think we all know a bit about what's been going on in Ukraine because it's been the subject of a couple of our podcasts. We know that other countries, of which America is actually the biggest financial supporter, they're helping the Ukraine. Well, guess what the French did in the American Revolution? Yes, they helped us. Without them, yes, without them, there would be no 4th of July. France provided the money, troops, weapons, military leadership, and naval support that helped in such a big way that the military power moved in our favor of the colonies and paved the way for an ultimate victory. Sounds a little Ukraine-ish, doesn't it? But it's very early. So we talk about money on this podcast. We want to focus on personal But in my humble opinion, knowing a bit more about money, the economy, and how money plays a role in many things we do, it all circles back to our personal situation. Therefore, let me show you the money. There was the shot heard round the world, and that's when the lobster backs, who were the British dressed in red, and the Minutemen, who were the fighters in the U.S., known as the colonists at the time, shot at each other in Massachusetts. By the way, who wears bright red in a battle anyway? Talk about a Target. Hey, maybe that's where Target got its red circle logo from. I've always found taxes fascinating. Why did Caesar charge tax on urine? Yes, urine. What about charging a tax on cow farts? It's out there. Plus, if you want to grow your wealth, understanding the tax law and learning how to navigate them the best you can 
It will help you give less to the government and keep more in your pocket. It's important stuff. It's not boring, and everybody hates to pay them. I've read that the tax in the colonies really wasn't that heavy a burden, but it was a platform of how those taxes were being implemented that actually, excuse my language, pissed off the colonists. The whole cry for taxation without representation is tyranny. We talked about the East India Company and how it had a monopoly on tea and didn't have the same tax as the other traders coming to the colonies. It made it impossible for them to compete. That was an issue. But you add the stamp tax, and I think there was a sugar tax and some other items, and now you have a fight. The king wanted to tax the colonies because it needed money. It expanded the empire's imperial holding, which left it with massive, massive debt. Hey, this is a personal lesson to learn. If you take on too much debt, it usually causes problems. Now, our old friend Benjamin Franklin actually went to France in the early part of the revolution as the official diplomat and ambassador for the 13 colonies. He was someone who came as a man of maturity, brilliance, and ability as a world statesman. He spent years there and annoyed the British minister. Let's call it ill will between the French and the British. We needed the French's help. It was one of those enemy of my enemy is my friend thing. So the French wanted to back us because they often fought with the British. But interestingly enough, many people in France, especially the nobility, were really engaged in something called the Enlightenment. It was an intellectual movement, which means using your brain. It liked logic and deep thinking about stuff. The French were inspired by new ideas about how society should work, how to be rational and figure out stuff. They liked the logical insights science gave and just enjoyed how progress within the world worked. They thought the colonies, with their new form of government, embodied some of these new enlightened ideas. Wow, isn't that cool? And check this out. Totally new to me. I have to be careful as you can't always believe everything you read online, but this next part seems to be true. We know the French gave us weapons and money and other stuff. There were some colonists who were actually wearing French-made uniforms. They fought alongside French soldiers. And there were times the French were engaged with the British and we weren't even there. Isn't that nuts? So, money problems. Based on debt, pushed the issue with tax, we didn't have enough money to fight the fight, got help from France, and we won. But what about France having a revolution after ours? Any money issues there? Well, I am glad you asked. The 14 juillet, as I mentioned, is also known as Bastille Day. It was the beginning of the end of the monarchy. You know, down with the king and down with the queen. The Bastille was a jail. You would think they wanted to free those wrongfully imprisoned or just set free more common people. It was a symbol like the Nike swoosh is a symbol for athletics and a way of life. The Bastille symbolized how crappy the king and queen ran the country, how they imprisoned people and just did bad things. It was a call for liberté, equalité, and a more democratic government and not running the country as a king and a queen saw fit. But the people actually stormed the Bastille because it had ammunition and weapons. Hey, you can't fight for a revolution with just pitchforks, right? You need money. 
or steal what money buys. Supposedly, there was 30,000 pounds of gunpowder stored at the Bastille. You talk about an explosive way to start a revolution, there you have one. The French Revolution was about changing how the government was run and how society worked. How do we vote in people to make decisions, and how should we treat people? Should we treat them like dirt, or should we try to help them? The French Revolution actually lasted 10 years from 1789 to 1799. I always think of Marie Antoinette for some reason. She was the last queen of France, and she was married to King Louis XVI, the last king of France. She supposedly said, let them eat cake. Her English really wasn't all that good, so she said, qu'il mange de la brioche. Funny enough, it doesn't seem like she was the one who said that at all. And it actually means let them eat a bread called brioche, which you can still get today. The quote was supposedly said to be by a great princess when this princess was told that the peasants had no bread. Brioche was considered a luxury food that was enriched with butter and eggs. It showed that the princess clearly didn't understand that those who were very poor couldn't afford brioche or that they were starving. So, if King Louis and Marie Antoinette spent all kinds of money on stupid stuff, it's easy to see why she was pegged with that quote, even though it was traced to being written years before. Maybe the quote should be, let them have debt. To be a little fair, Louis inherited debt from prior kings, which hadn't always been spent wisely either. There was the Seven-Year War that ended in 1763. It was essentially another dust-up between France and Great Britain who were at each other's throats with allies on either side. Wars are expensive. Isn't that crazy? Lots of money was being spent on this stuff, but Louis also spent foolishly. He did give his wife Marie a $40 million bracelet. He really wanted total power, and that cost money too in order to get the nobles in line to back him. So what happens when you have debt? You have to pay it back. Note to self, stay away from huge debt. Am I repeating myself? Hey, taxes had to go up to pay back the debt. The price of basic food, like bread, doubled for the peasants. But bread was a bit different from today. It was a huge part of the poor and working classes' basic food. It took about half of their entire income just for the bread. When compared to stuff like fuel to run a fire, that was about 5% of their total budget and Bread took 10 times that amount. So bread was a very touchy financial topic. So now you have a queen that wasn't liked who may have spent nights dancing, gambling, and having fun. Supposedly, she once bought a set of diamond bracelets that cost as much as a mansion in Paris. So she wasn't making any brownie points with the people and the press blasted her. In 1793, with the debt, spending, and problems with the economy, King Louis XVI and Marie Antoinette lost their heads literally from the famous guillotine created by Dr. Guillotine. It all happened at the Place de la Concorde. Over 1,100 executions actually happened there. The logistics were quite interesting, but I'll leave it at that. If you're ever in France, make sure to walk the Champs-Élysées and see the Place de la Concorde, and you can remember Louis the Last and how the French helped us. I've said it before, follow the money, and you'll better understand why things happened the way they did. 
another lesson to put in your arsenal when thinking about money and how it works. We'll see you next time for more Money with Mac and G. Bye!